0: Dionisio at the plate, he's over to it today. Swakowski, the big right-hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly. And it's... oh, it's raining now. It's time for Rain Delay Theater with Jeremy Dionisio and Jack Swakowski. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And
1: I'm Jeremy Dionisio.
0: Well, we've got no more baseball games left for uh, the season. Nobody's playing in the Midwest anymore. Uh, so we've got a special episode today where we swap hypothetical bad contracts. Um, and Jeremy, I've got some crazy ones. Uh, to <laughs> quote Sandra Bernhardt from the movie The King of Comedy, I just want to get crazy tonight. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but this is episode 139, which means we have to pick a guy who finished with 139 of something for his career. So Jeremy, who's your guy for 139?
1: Well, Jack, I have, um, now I forgot what category, I think it was 100 and <laughs> 131, 139 stolen bases. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Let me just confirm that because I, <laughs> I switched off of my thing. Um, but let me just consult with uh yes okay with baseball reference so my guy i went with 139 stolen bases and i went with miguel cairo
0: oh yeah miguel cairo he's a bench coach now for somebody right well, okay. for, the, well for the white Sox, right uh,
1: yeah okay yeah i was gonna say uh, miguel cairo holds the, the distinction of managing the first uh field of dreams game for the chicago white Sox because he was oh, the God. acting manager that night
0: was why why was that? Was Larusso suspended or something?
1: No, he was. He went to like a funeral. Like
0: oh god, why did I? How did I miss this? Yeah, like so. It's like, I mean,
1: okay, well, well, you know, whatever. This is Rain Delay Theater, but <laughs> but like, you know, it's like, dude, it's a it's a Feel the Dreams game, man. It's like you know, like you, Why aren't you managing this game? Um, And you know, I don't know who the funeral was for. It wasn't for like it was for like a friend. I think they said like it was like a, a or a family friend or something like that. I mean, I'll say this, White Sox. It's like you hire a guy who's how old is he? 78?
0: Seventy eight. Seven. Yeah, seventy
1: eight. It's like you're increasing the chances of him having to leave the team to go to a funeral exponentially by hiring a guy that old because all his, you know, his his. His friends are getting up there, so he, he might be attending a lot more funerals than like a guy in his like 30s or 40s. That, yeah,
0: that's, and that's that de- that game was on a Thursday night. You know who who the fuck has a has a funeral on a Thursday? <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's, it was like Friday, Saturday, the hot night to have a funeral. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure, um, but but it's like yeah, truly a rain hot theater, uh, theater hot take. But um, uh, so anyway. Whatever, Miguel Cairo. So, like, the, the one thing about the thing that was like goofy about it was that the White Sox, you know, and the Yankees, when they came out of um, the the cornfield, right, like in that in that like you know air, like that breathtaking moment uh, at the beginning of the game, it wasn't Tony LaRussa and uh, Aaron Boone that came out. It was Miguel Cairo and Aaron Boone, and it was just like. That's not what MLB had in mind, I, I think. <laughs> um of course, you know, we would have had to watch Tony La Russa, like amble out from like right field to to the to the infield, but but still. Um so yeah, Miguel Cairo was the manager of the White Sox that night. Miguel Cairo is another Cubs bum, um, albeit pretty briefly. Um he was on the Cubs in part of two thousand one and for sixteen games in nineteen ninety seven. Um but I remember that, that when he was with the Cubs for, in 2001, um, he played in 66 games, had two homers, uh, hit two eighty five, So, um, you know, uh, he 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 was what he was in his career. He um, he he was in the league for 14 or for 17 years. Appeared in 1,490 games, um, hit 41 career homers, batted two sixty four for his career, and like we said, stole 139 stolen bases. Um, but um, yeah, uh, lifetime uh, six seventy five OPS. I mean, you know, the average was good, but uh, like the average was respectable, I guess. You know, for a for a bench guy, but um, yeah. So the guy just hung around the league for many many years. Played with I can't even count how many teams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams. Um, so I remember when he was in on the Cubs in 01. I think that even at that time, I didn't realize he had been on the Cubs already in 1997, because <laughs> uh, again, that was those were my dark years. Um, but he was lost to waivers. I remember that and picked up by the Cardinals uh, in in 2001. So that that kind of hurts. It also hurts that the Cubs traded traded by the Oakland A's to the Cubs for Eric Hinsky. So. Um, there was a, there was a brief time in Cubs history where the Cubs were bemoaning the the like the loss of Eric Hinsky, Um and <laughs> to realize that they lost him for Miguel Cairo is kind of crazy. Uh, it turns out I don't think they lost much by losing Eric Hinsky. He he eventually came back and was the hitting coach I believe for the or the assistant hitting coach for the Cubs.
0: He, yeah, he was the first base coach for a while, and then maybe the maybe the assistant hitting coach or maybe that's flipped around. But he he was a coach for the Cubs for a while.
1: Yeah, and in 2016 I believe too. He was. Um, Yeah, so I think that year he was probably like the assistant hitting coach or something. But um, but anyway, so that's Miguel Cairo. Not much else to say about him than that. Um, But yeah, he holds the distinction of being the first, like one of the first two managers to uh, manage the um, Field of Dreams game.
0: Wow. Yeah, I was mixing him up. For a moment with Luis Castillo, I thought Miguel Cairo was way better than he was, but I realized I was thinking uh, of Luis Castillo. Um, kind of similar baseman? players; they were both, yeah, both second basemen. But uh, yeah, Luis Castillo was way better. Miguel yeah. Miguel Cairo, uh, you know, arguably a bum, but uh, yeah. you know, De- he did uh, he did hang around a long time, so there's something De- to be said for that. Definitely, um, my-
1: Miguel Cairo might have known more of his teammates' names than Luis Castillo did, <laughs> um, but uh, we can't be certain about that.
0: Yeah, the old the old Ricky Henderson uh you know failing there and not not knowing the guys you're playing with. Um, yeah, my guy is also a former manager. I picked Larry Dierker.
1: Oh, OK. That's interesting. I was thinking about taking him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, former pitcher, uh, mostly for the Houston Astros, except for, I think, one season at the end of his career. So what was uh, strange about him? First of all, Jeremy, I remember when we did an episode about managers who were the best players. And I think we had a brief uh, brief thing there about how very few managers uh, were pitchers. Um, mm-hmm. Bud Black is the only active manager who was a, a pitcher, and there just don't seem to have been a lot of him throughout history. For whatever reason, it seems like p- pitchers are a weird breed, and they usually just stick to working with pitchers, which is why it seems like uh, you know most former pitchers stick to being pitching coaches. Um, but Larry Dierker managed the Houston Astros for uh, like five years in the late 90s, from like 97 to 2001 or 2002. Um, what was strange about him, though, is, is – before his job before getting the Astros manager job was he was their color guy for the radio I think Mm -hmm. it was either radio or TV but he was doing he was a broadcaster for the team and then they hired him to be the manager. And I remember when I was a kid, like I was talking about it with my dad, and he was like, "Yeah, that." My dad said that that'd be like if the Brewers hired Bob Uecker to be their manager. Um, <laughs> so that'd be very weird. Or uh, you know, if if the imagine if the White Sox hired Steve Stone to be their uh, to be their manager. Although we all know that Steve Stone has never put the uniform on. Right. So uh, he, he
1: should, he could like, it would be like if the White Sox hired Steve Stone to be their field manager.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's 30 teams that could use the expertise of a guy like that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Larry Dierker though, he actually had a very good career as a pitcher. So he had 139 wins, but his career era was 3.31. He made two all-star teams. Uh, 1969. He pitched 305 innings, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, he had a whole bunch of seasons of over 200 innings pitched. Um, uh only one season of 200 plus strikeouts but uh you know that that it was just a different game back then but yeah he was he was a pretty uh pretty solid pitcher for his time
1: yeah that's pretty interesting um yeah i i um i remember when he was when Durker was like hired as the um manager it's it's weird cuz he was successful but and he never went on to do anything else like he never managed with any other teams i guess he was just such a like uh um an astrocentric guy um and now I wonder if, like, I wonder if Jim Deshays took over for Larry Durker when Durker got hired.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Was Deshays uh he, he? So he was an I know. I mean, I know Deshays pitched for Houston. So he was an Astros announcer before he. he yeah. Did they did they the, did the Cubs hire him away from the Astros?
1: They they did they did. Um. So the year like before the Cubs hired, um, Jim Deshays, like, the Cubs were doing a game in in Houston and. um like they like they like swapped partners or something. Like they did something weird. I remember where like, Deshays was on a Cubs broadcast and maybe and like Bob Brenly went on <laughs> the Astros broadcast, and uh, or they 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 were talking mid game or something, um, and uh, I never knew that you know they would end up hiring Deshays. But I was like when they did, I was like oh that makes sense because there was some sort of connection there with him and uh, with Len. So well
0: you know. hey Jeremy, listen to this. Uh, I'm looking at Deshaze's Wikipedia. It says Deshaze was a commentator for Astros TV broadcasts from 1997 to 2012. So, ah, uh, Dierker became the Astros manager in '97. So, um, you, you may be onto something there, Jeremy. We just we we both learned something on this podcast today.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but that's cool. I almost picked Dirker. That's interesting.
0: Cool. Well, uh, hey, you know, now when they uh, when they force the Shays out, um, you know, <laughs> next year we'll have a little bit more more knowledge about him.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think he'll end up managing the Cubs, though.
0: <laughs> um, so unfortunately, uh, both the Brewers and the White Sox are no longer in the playoffs. Jeremy and I had bandied about the idea of possibly going to a White Sox playoff game, but. Um, there's no chance of that happening anymore this season. So, uh, their season ended yesterday with a, with a whimper. Um, just like the air going out of a balloon, a 10 to one loss at home to the Astros.
1: Yeah. I didn't even finish watching the game. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, uh, there was, man, I don't know, like people, people really went crazy about that game three. I mean, they did. uh, Yeah. Well, so much so that, um, one of the topics here, Jack, I'm going to have to um, send this to you in the chat so you can look sure. at this. You, you didn't look at this link earlier. You didn't see this earlier. So I wanted to send it on the podcast so you could react in real time. Okay. Um, but people were really into, uh, game three, uh, so much so that one guy, uh, got a Leuri Garcia tattoo.
0: Oh man, Jeremy, maybe that's the same guy who paid $200 for your Sebi Zavala autograph card after he hit three homers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't. Gilbert Redman. I'm, I'm, I'll am i have to cross check my eBay sales and see if that was the guy. But uh, this guy, um, this guy is the uh, ultimate White, uh, White Sox fan, I guess. Um, so he got this huge Garcia 28 tattoo on his thigh, um, his like upper thigh. And like, it says 10, 10, 21 legend. Um, and, uh, I can't think of a worse thing.
0: Um, yeah I mean what's what's so funny is maybe if the White Sox had gone on to win the World Series um, I think it it could definitely be argued that 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 home run was like a a big spark in them winning the World Series it was a turning point for them in the playoffs when they were dead in the water but the fact that they just got knocked out the next day is so funny
1: yeah I know it's 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 so I mean if this isn't freaking White Sox for you I don't know what is like a Lurie Garcia tattoo. I mean, we should like we have more claim to get a Lurie Garcia tattoo than this guy, like um, just from, from seeing him so many times. Like I it's it's absurd it's just absurd. Someone I saw on Twitter like someone tweeted like uh ten ten legend, ten twelve eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but yeah, like and yeah, he would have been it would have been a one day thing. i honestly let's see, so was When did I? I got to see when he got the tattoo because okay, so the the game game four got rained out. It was supposed to be Monday, the day after game three. If this guy, if the if that game didn't get rained out, would this guy have gotten the tattoo? I, I I don't see exactly like the day he got the tattoo, but um. The story came it, out yesterday
0: yeah it it well it looks like somebody tweeted this on uh six fifty nine p m on on October eleventh so um like the picture of him getting the tattoo which was which was Monday, so he probably got it uh, you know mm. the day of the rain out yeah. um, uh yeah. Um, sorry, Jeremy. This just broke my brain for a second here. I do like that he's wearing one of those, uh, uh, what, what do you obvious, call them, obvious, obvious shirts? Teachers, yeah. He's wearing a, a baseball needs more Tim Anderson's uh, shirt. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's outstanding. At least it's in a part where, where you can easily cover it up.
1: Yeah, right, I guess. Um, I wonder how old this guy is. I wonder if he's single or what. But, I mean, like, it's on a – I mean – yeah, I mean, if this guy ever like if I'll say if this guy ever hooks up with with a woman again in his life like <laughs> that tattoo is going to be like right there. Um I just don't I just don't know, man. I was I'm I had I didn't actually read this whole article. It says Redman says he's quote fast and loose with his tattoos, no shit, and considers his body to be like a quote, cool T-shirt. Okay, this is we're dealing with some other kind of person here. Um, he has a Pokemon under his armpit and multiple inked homages to local Chicago band Knuckle Puck.
0: Have you ever heard of them, Jeremy? You're an indie music guy. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I've heard of Knuckle Puck. I don't know anything about them, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I think that they're probably like a punk band or something. But um,
0: well, it does say Garcia's yeah. 28. It just so happens to be Redmond's girlfriend's favorite number. Oh, um, well, there you go. Of course. Yeah, that, I mean that's sort of like getting a tattoo of your girlfriend's name on you, and then uh, and then you break up with her or something.
1: Yeah, Why Wino, Winona Forever, uh, <laughs> Johnny Depp uh, Winona Ryder tattoo. Do you know about that, John? Uh, no, Dave?
0: he has. Does he have a Winona Ryder tattoo?
1: He has a tattoo that says Winona Forever, and then when they broke up, he got it changed to say Winona Forever. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. Maybe a Cardinals fan can get a tattoo that says Wayno Forever or something.
1: <laughs> that, actually, that actually would be kind of cool. And I think it's safe to get a an Adam Wainwright tattoo at this point, not a Larry Garcia tattoo.
0: No. And here's the thing, Jeremy. The guy didn't have to get the tattoo. I mean, he no. tweeted it out, but it's like people would have just – people would have forgotten about it an hour from now.
1: I mean, it's not like this guy is like, um, you know, Justin Bieber, like, on ta- on, on Twitter with, like – Whatever, like two hundred thousand, uh, I have no idea how many, two hundred million like followers or something. Justin Bieber, but like, um, who cares what this guy? I mean, how many followers does this guy have? He probably has as many as Rain Delay Theater. Not much. <laughs> he has six hundred and five followers. How did this even get picked up? <sighs> maybe we should have fucking tweeted about this. And then, maybe we like, should
0: get maybe we should get tattoos.
1: Maybe if that'll help the show. I guess.
0: Yeah, I, Christ. I,
1: I, I mean, Jack, listen. We can say that, but i'll I'll go ahead and photoshop uh the tattoo just like I did with our tickets
0: <laughs>
1: oh, man,
0: so that's pretty good um yeah yeah, so that
1: that happened that's one of the uh fallouts for from the white sox uh Astros series. the other one jack is um uh this whole John Cusack stuff, which I think is worth
0: talking about, uh yeah, sure, so I saw someone um he says that he roots for both teams. And I think someone called him out on that because I, I saw, so Jeremy, uh, we 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 actually joked when we were at the White Sox game, the last White Sox game we went to of the season, um, that they had installed those seats yes. um, in the first row. And I think I joked to you, I was like, so what is John Cusack going to sit there or something? Because um, like <laughs> I he, that those were the seats he would sit in at Cubs games. Um, but I, I thought he was thought he was a Cubs fan.
1: Yeah, so that's interesting actually. And a side note to that, that you know who did sit in those goddamn seats were like. Some like these two, like fucking like Euro trash babes, and like two like finance bros. I and, saw like,
0: those people,
1: yeah. And the 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 women weren't even wearing black, it was a blackout. And they were like, This one woman was wearing like a friggin' she was like
0: wearing red, shirt. right?
1: Yeah, or like some kind of like neon orange top or something, or like yeah, s- salmon or something. I don't know, like, what the right you know, color is, but like, yeah, just sticking out like sore thumbs, like not even adhering. I'll say this, like for the White Sox, like of all the like goofy, like failed marketing campaigns that they do, the blackout is actually pretty cool. And then when you see like, you know, random idiots wearing like white, White Sox jerseys, I'm, I'm incensed by it. It's like, what, what, what don't you get about the goddamn blackout? Like you don't have a black t-shirt. Like what, what, why would you wear a white t-shirt to the blackout? And then you have these, these, these two uh, women, like in the, in those like expansion seats, whatever. And they're wearing like these, like friggin' like non-black dresses. It's like, I I don't know if I'm crazy for getting so incensed about it, but it it really, it really set me off.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I I think those tickets should be reserved for uh, like true fans which True. they obviously did not seem like they were. No. I, I mean, that, and that's kind of just like a Homer like meatball thing to say like, Oh, the best seats in the house should be reserved for the biggest fans. But uh, I definitely don't think that someone like that should probably be sitting deserves to be sitting in those seats.
1: Of course not. But that's how it usually goes. Um, we got off the topic a little bit about John Cusack, but oh, right. Um, right.
0: Okay. Anyway.
1: The th- yeah. The thing that happened with John Cusack is some, some fucking like, uh, like just fucking punk, whatever, like just, like piece of garbage from barstool sports, like approached John Cusack and he's like, Hey, I thought you were a Cubs fan. And like he, and then to, to, to be uh fully transparent, like John Cusack got kind of crazy. So you didn't see the video, Jack.
0: I did not see the video. No, I, yeah. I just read about Twitter, Twitter exchanges.
1: Cause some asshole was like, like, recording this um but the guy confronted john cusack and then john cusack like turns around and gets in his face he's like you can't tell me who to root for you you, no 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 see you you can't tell me who to root for and it's kind of funny because he he was kind of like he was kind of being like a john cusack character like kind of like that manic like fast talking like oddball character like kind Mm -hmm. of like in like a better off dead one crazy summer type of thing uh it's kind of funny um but um but yeah it was weird so like he was like and then he's like john cusack Says to the guy, like, um, okay, who was the starting first baseman, uh, for the, for the 1983 White Sox? And the guy goes, like, uh, Ron Kittle. And he's like, no, it was Mike Squires. And then, like, they, like, he, like, Cusack threw down, like, all this, like, inside White Sox knowledge. And he's Uh like, see, I know the White Sox. Like, you know, and, like, it was weird. I mean, the guy who confronted him, quote unquote, confronted him, is a douchebag and an asshole. And the internet was saying, like, John Cusack shut him down, which, um, I mean, I don't know if it was like because then John Cusack named a couple other guys and the guy knew who they were or something. But I mean, I I don't know what to say. It's like first of all, John Cusack is like like a legit Chicago sports fan. But um, there's he's not the first guy to to like you know jump ship or like kind of like support both teams. But. Um, I don't know. It it was it was it was kind of like a whole like non story anyway, but the fact is that Barstool sports are like creeps just like you know, just like they always have been. So like, um, you know, that that that's the one that's the main takeaway I think from all of this is that, that guy thought he was being like cool and it's like I mean at the very least you accomplished nothing, yet you're the one who like posted it. Like they are they're the ones who like posted that video. It's like why would you post that video? Like you didn't like make John Cusack look bad. So if anything, you just look like an idiot. So I don't know. It was a mess.
0: Jeremy, uh, you know who John Cusack really would have got along with was uh, the Jimmy Jimmy Can Can guy from a couple, of, uh, couple <laughs> of years ago. You know, remember when that guy was he was just asking some some other person in a different section. He was like, name some players on the go go White Sox. You know, <laughs> don't right. not name the first baseman. Just name some players yeah, like some John players. Cusack was a lot harder on, you know, the barstool sports guy than Jimmy Jimmy Can Can guy would have been.
1: It's true. Yeah, that they would have. Um, yeah, I think John Cusack definitely would have studied him and used like some of his mannerisms as a character um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but but yeah, so that was a weird thing to come out of this whole uh, <laughs> White Sox. Of course, there's got to be just weird oddities that come out of like, you know, a White Sox playoff series. So there you go. There's a couple of them there. Yeah, of course, definitely. You know, there was, of um, course, Kane Guy, too. Yeah, and, uh, Kane
0: Guy. And I, my favorite part about Kane Guy is we've been talking about this weird stuff we see at White Sox games for years. Yes. Um, it's funny to see some of it bleed into a national television broadcast. Like, the, you know, yeah. this, there's just a, the, the general, like, vibe of, of, the, of a Sox game could not help itself. Like, some, something had to get on TV. And it was it was that. And that's totally something we would have seen at a game. And it was yeah. great.
1: That's that's 100 true, Jack. That's almost like a little bit of our like like life's work kind of breaking through to the mainstream. Um, <laughs> the the uh, the funny part of it is is that you know because it was such a high profile game and none of the like normal schlubs, including us, could afford to go to that game, it had to be some like former fan former finance guy from Northbrook um, interloping <laughs> as a as a White Sox oddball to like to break through. <laughs> um, I tweeted of. of a, a guy I, I tangentially know who worked on the Steve Dahl show, um, Jim. Uh, he's uh, at Superintendent Chalmers, I think. On um, mm-hmm. uh, on on Twitter, um, he posted um, something about the Kane guy and saying he expo- Like there was an article that came out about the Kane guy that he was from Northbrook, which Northbrook is a wealthy, a very wealthy northern Chicago suburb. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically not where White Sox fans are from, but he was a White Sox fan, and so he was embraced by White Sox fans. Um, and you know, he tw- this guy Jim tweeted, um, you know, like he's not, um, you know, how ma- I, I like when, you know, I didn't know that Northbrook was uh, on the south side, um, and uh, I replied to that like, "What White Sox fans don't want you to know about Kane guy," <laughs> like a, like a clickbait article, um, but. Uh, but yeah um you know who knows
0: no that's yeah that's that's pretty good jeremy i um you know i i want you know we both watched game 3 um, on TV, uh, I, I had never seen Wayne, Adam Wainwright, speaking of Adam Wainwright again, um, as a broadcaster, I thought he did a pretty good job. They also had Pierzinski, um, in the booth who's generally regarded as a pretty good color guy. Uh, I was, I was reading White Sox Reddit during the game and they're like, man, fuck AJ Pierzinski. Like, you know, he, he oh, should good. be rooting. He should be rooting for the White Sox. The, it's like, it's not his fucking job to root for the White Sox. It's his job to call an even game.
1: This is interesting, Jack, because I was wondering about, um, I was I was hearing Prezinski be uh like um neutral like to mm-hmm. the game and like I'm like this is going to piss White Sox fans off and he was saying some stuff that like was not in favor of the White like he was actually being neutral or like calling out things like that were anti White Sox um when need be and I'm like I bet White Sox fans are going to be have their panties in a bunch about this so that's I'm glad that there is some confirmation about that
0: uh, Pierzynski made me laugh. I think unintentionally. Um, they say that, you know, as an announcer, you're never supposed to start a story or a tangent with two outs. Um, <laughs> but he probably just forgot, but he was talking about Michael Kopech. Cause I think they were either warming Kopech up or they had just brought him in and there were two outs. And, you know, sure enough, the, the guy was making an out as Pierzynski was saying this, but he goes, what's their plan with Kopech? Uh, are, are they going to make him a closer? Is he going to be a starter? Uh, is he going to stay as a middle relief guy? What are they going to do with him? And then, like, the guy flew out and the inning ended. Like, that thought was never finished and they never brought it up again. But I thought it was a pretty good point. What are they going to do with Michael Kopech? Like, I'm just as confused as A.G. Pierzynski is.
1: Well, I mean, what is Tony La Russa doing with Garrett Crochet? What's he doing with Craig Kimbrell? It's like... I you know I hate to, this is the this is getting real about the the situation here is like I think Jack and I are in kind of agreement here where it's like we I think we both like a lot of players on the White Sox we like what the White Sox have done with their team Uh in all honesty no matter how much we crap on the, you know <laughs> the team or whatever but like the fact that they hired Larusa makes me what make made me want that made me want to not see them win because um, it it was just a stupid move and. um He's under contract for one more year, I think. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, I think it was a two-year deal.
1: Yeah, so it's like they're going to bring him back, and he's going to crap away the team again. And like they they have their window is right now. Their window, like started, you know, maybe a little early last year, but it it really is in full effect, like right now. This is year one of the window, and they're they, they're throwing it away, and they're going to throw away another year of the window with with Larusa next year, and he's misusing Craig Kimbrel, he's misusing Garrett Crochet. Um, yeah, who, I don't know what they're going to do with Michael Kopech. I mean, some of these guys should be in the starting rotation. I don't know if Rodan's going to be back with the team, but like, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. And they're, they're, they're wasting some good years from Luis Robert and, uh, Eloy and Tim Anderson and Abreu, all these guys.
0: Well, uh, in the spirit of that White Sox broadcast from the other night, we will not try to finish the thought of what they're nope. doing with Michael Kopek. <laughs> we'll just we'll just have to wait and see, like everybody else. Um, so uh, so the Brewers also got knocked off. Uh, <clears throat> they just didn't have any offense in the series. Um, they uh, they got shut out two times in a row. Hard hard to win uh, hard to win a series when you score uh, you know two runs in the first three games. Uh, but Christian Yelich has looked, looked terrible. That was just a, an awful at-bat. He had the last at-bat of the series for the Brewers in Game 4, uh, top of the ninth, two outs. Uh, he was the lead run, so it was 5-4. The tying run was on first base. Um, he was hitting 2-14 with no home runs and no RBIs going into the at-bat, and Will Smith struck him out on three pitches. The first pitch was right down the middle. The second pitch was uh, that Yelich looked at. Uh, the second pitch, um, I think Yelich swung at a slider that was a little bit out of the zone. Third pitch, they went right back down the middle to him, and Yelich just was frozen, and he he struck out. Um, he looked horrible in the at bat. He gave he gave the Brewers nothing in the series, and basically nothing all year. I think he, off the top of my head, I think I want to say he had 248 with nine home runs, and they paid him 26 million dollars this year. Or uh, maybe maybe it wasn't that yet. His his extension is for seven years, 26 million per. Uh, you know, whatever he made this year is what he made, but it, it was it was a lot of money. I think he's still on his Marlins contract. But anyway. <clears throat> It got me to thinking, um, you know, of, of hy- bad contracts and hypothetical trades of bad contracts. Is, trades of bad contracts are always kind of funny. Jeremy, what was the one the Cubs did, like, you know, in 2012? It was it was a pitcher. Um, I forget what his fucking name was. Scott Feldman. Uh, yeah, it might it might have been Feldman for uh, for for somebody else. I can't I can't remember. Um, uh-
1: well, they did the that they did the Scott Feldman. No, that not bad contract. Um, because that was Scott Feldman for Arietta and Strope. Uh, that was a little later than twenty twelve, though I believe. Um, I mean, who did they have at that point? Not Edwin Jackson. The, he was still with the team at that point.
0: No, we we had we had talked about it, but it, it came up randomly. But anyway, we'll figure it out later, and I I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, it was it was a funny name though. It was, it was a to- total blast from the past. Um, you know, 20, 20, 20, 2008 to 20, uh, maybe a little later than that, like 2010 to 2012 era Cubs. But anyway, um, uh, part of this was inspired by. Oh, the uh, Matt
1: Garza trade, was it?
0: It, it might have been the it might have been the Matt Garza trade. It was it was some kind of swap of bad contracts. We're, we're getting we're getting we're getting warm. We're getting warm on it.
1: <laughs> okay, swap for bad con. Yeah, right, right, right. I I'm, um, I'm off. I'm but I'm it was it wrong. was
0: a pitcher who was who was like who was like Matt Garza. We're getting warm. We'll figure it out by the end of the <laughs> by the end of the episode. Um, but anyway, this, this was inspired by uh, you know on Brewers social media, lots of people talking about oh Yelich yeah, untradeable. We should trade him. Whatever. Um, and this, uh, this idea was inspired by Brewer's Kid um, who, are, who our listeners may remember um, it was after uh, the first time we tried to get autographs uh, outside of the right field uh, gates at a Cubs game there was a, uh, a kid out there and we called him Brewer's Kid, God bless him he was like this 16 year old kid, he was uh, decked out entirely in Cubs gear uh, that had been issued by the Cubs because he was a Cubs employee but um, he, was, he was so excited to see Christian Yelich, and when Yelich finally came out to the Brewer's bus, he, he, he shouted out, I love you, Christian Yelich! I hope the Cubs trade for you! Um, you know, at, at which point, uh, shortly after that, a security guard came out, and a real security guard came out and said, What are you doing here taking pictures? You're going to get fired! You need to go on home! And the kid said, Okay, and then he left. Um, that wasn't quite as good as the guy who ate the hot chip and said, I'm out, but it was a, it was a, it was a good exit. Nonetheless.
1: It, was an, it was an abrupt exit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. There, there's ain't no exit like, a, a Cubs, uh, right field, uh, exit when you're waiting for the visiting team. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, that, you know, it got me to thinking, uh, you know, Hey, Hey Brewers kid, maybe I would like, uh, Kristen Yelich to get traded to the Cubs too. So I, I texted this to Jeremy last night. I said, Jeremy, right now, in this very moment, would you trade Jason Hayward for Kristen Yelich straight up? Now, Hayward has two years left on his contract. I think he's got about 25 mil per. Or those, those last two years of long-term contracts are always the, the biggest money. So I think Hayward's at about 25 mil per for two years. Yelich is obviously signed for until he's not a free agent until 2029. So long time. The length of these contracts is not uh, comparable. But uh, you know, I, I think it's worth asking. Like Jeremy, if you could do that deal, um, Christian <laughs> Yelich for Jason Hayward straight up, would you do it?
1: I mean, yes, I would definitely do that. You would,
0: you would. Deal. Do do do. Tell.
1: I mean, like, I, I guess well, we're taking the years into consider. I mean, like, I listen. I well, part of the reason why I'm saying that I, I can say that safely is because the Cubs like have like a crazy like amount of cap flexibility, I guess, like mm-hmm. um, coming up, like they only have like four players under, con- under like, you know, like contract, um, like regular, like free agent contracts or whatever. So they can afford to do it, but you know, it's nice to get out of, it, it would be nice to get out from under that Hayward contract in, in two years. But I mean, I c- can't stand Hayward being on the Cubs. Um, I think that Yelich like, God, it's, I mean, cause like the thing with Yelich is like, Here's the thing with Yelich. He was good before he came to the Brewers, but he was a different kind of player before he came to the Brewers. And this year, he, this year, and I guess last year too, Jack, like yeah. he just hasn't been like any of the players he was. No. He wasn't. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. So uh, I would assume that he'll, his, his floor is like what he was with the Marlins, which is probably not worth like um whatever, like $27 million per year. But um uh it seems like he would be more productive than Hayward. I I would say
0: definitely, um, for sure. Um, so so I, here's what I think is going on with Yelich. It's, it's a number of things. First, first of all, I think it was at end of 2019. He missed the last month of the season he he fouled the ball off of his kneecap and smashed up his kneecap. Um, and then he's always had chronic back injuries. Um, he's been had one kind of back injury or another. Um for a while he's kind of like Rizzo in that regard like his mm-hmm. his back will just act up I think in the past year in 2021 he was a lot more hurt than you know that anybody who let on he, he was having he had he was having a lot of trouble staying in the lineup eventually he, they just put him back in and never never benched him again um or never never sat him again but uh but uh, yeah I think he's hurt I, I think the question is is he broken um because yeah. he has he has no power Anymore, and he looks like he's he's swinging a wet newspaper, and and <laughs> uh, back injuries can be really tough to come to come back from. Um, so I I think that uh, he might he might be damaged goods, and he might he might never be. I, I agree with you that before all of these injuries happened, his floor might have been uh, would have been the player he was in Miami, which was a guy who would hit two eighty to two eighty to three hundred with twenty home runs. Um, steal some bases, maybe play a really good uh, left field. But I just – I don't think he can be that guy anymore. I think it would be a good fit for the Cubs, and I think it would be a good gamble. I mean, Hayward is what he is. You know, he's never going to be anything better. The Brewers already have Jackie Bradley Jr., so they, are, they already have a good yeah. outfielder who can't hit it all. But So that's, that's what Hayward is. He is what he is. It would just be – it would more be the Brewers – it would be a salary dump for the Brewers. Uh, you know, for, throw Hayward out of that. But unlike the Cubs, the Brewers cannot absorb a bad contract like that. Yeah. Uh, $26 million to a position player who isn't giving you anything? Uh, the Brewers can't survive that. They, uh, they had signed Braun to a contractor was making about $20 million a year, and I, I don't think it's any coincidence that they were only able to sign Yelich after Braun's contract expired. They, were on, they gave Yelich that money then. They just they can't—if they're going to give money like that to a guy, he has to, he has to produce— the the Cubs signed Hayward in 2016, but they you know they've signed other free agents since then. That didn't really stop them. Sure, it stopped them from going after Bryce Harper, but you know they still got Yu Darvish, they still got Craig Kimbrel. Um, this 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 contract with Ham is is going to hamstring the Brewers a lot more than than it would the Cubs. So I, I would do that deal too, Jeremy. It's just a matter of as a Cubs fan, would you take the risk that Yelich is the juice worth the squeeze? Is it is it you yeah. know?
1: No that's that's a very good point I mean, I mean like at the end of the day no one would take that contract because of his situation um, and the, and mostly the years left if he had like if he had like three years left maybe that's a whole different story um but uh, that's a lot a lot of years left um and especially if he's if he's done like if he can't even produce like um yeah he played in 117 games this year, nine homers and 248 I mean that's really bad.
0: <laughs> for a guy who made the money he made and who's, who is expected to be a superstar. Yeah, yeah.
1: I Jack, I don't know. It's so weird, man. It's like I never expected him to do what he did in Milwaukee when he got there. I, I'm like... Is there some kind of trickery going on? I don't know. Well, I mean, he, he, did...
0: he was accused of stealing st- signs by Yu yeah, Darvish. by uh,
1: by Yu Darvish. That's right. That's right. So and,
0: and then Yelich said, "Be better than this." Um, but <laughs> I, I would argue that Yelich should be better than he is right now. I so. know,
1: Yudarvish should be like spiritually better than this. Yelich just needs to be better <laughs> than this in baseball. Yeah. Uh, which is his main job and the main thing he gets paid for. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting uh, conversation for sure. Jack, I got to take one step out of this whole conversation or to like reel it way back. Um, Carlos Silva was the guy we were talking about.
0: Yes. Thank you, yeah. Jeremy. Thank you. Yeah. What, what trade was that?
1: It was Carlos Silva for, for Milton Bradley. <laughs> So oh the Cubs, that's right. That's yeah. how Bradley ended up on the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs had to unload the bad contract of Milton Bradley and they had to take um Seattle's bad contract of Carlos Silva. Um,
0: <laughs> I, w- I wonder if, if you're a player, I feel like there <laughs> hasn't been a, a swap of bad contracts in a while. It's such a yeah. it's such a slap in the face. Like if you're Carlos Silva in that deal, I mean you gotta know what's what's going on, right?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I this guy, he just had it all over his his being that he was like a guy who's like Man, I'm glad I got my money because I'm done. <laughs> um he made uh fifty-four point eight seven five million over his over his year his uh his career and he lasted what nine years? Nine Jesus. years.
0: I mean six four six four two eighty. He was a he was a big boy.
1: He was, yeah. He was like good for like a month like after the Cubs got him, and then like he ended the career. We I yeah, we did talk about this, he ended his season uh with a four twenty two ERA. Uh, Ten and six uh, with twenty one starts, and then he never played again in, in uh, the majors. So, there you go. Um, I may have been distracted, Jack, a little bit uh, when we when you were hyping this uh, um, segment up because the Cubs apparently are close to reaching an agreement with um, Carter Hawkins to become their GM. So I just saw that come, come through the the news
0: wire. Did they not have a GM this year?
1: I mean, it was a similar situation, I think, to the uh, Rockies to the Rockies where. Um, uh, uh, Hoyer was acting as GM this year, but he's who's, really the
0: president. Uh, so who's Carter Hawkins?
1: He was an assistant GM with the Indians. Um, I'm just trying to read. It. I saw this story earlier, but I didn't really look too much into him. Um, he he looks a little broy, which I'm not too crazy about. And his name is Carter Hawkins, so I'm not too crazy. I I, I got to read more about this guy, but my well, first let's, impressions. Let's just,
0: yeah, yeah, not so. Let's great. hope hope he's not uh, taking selfies with his mouth open.
1: I mean there's a there's a very um you know scary uh template for GMs these days that yes. could go bad um and I got to say he's there's some overlapping there's some tangential circles here between him and uh what was his name? Jared Porter. Yes. Um, who was also with the Cubs? Who did some of this stuff while he was with the Cubs that no one is, seems to be mentioning, and I certainly won't hear on the podcast. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> like so. I don't know about all that, but yeah. So anyway, that was just a little little aside there. But uh, but yeah, he definitely
0: so, but, does look broy though. Holy he shit, he does.
1: He does. He does. Um, eh, I don't know. They said that he might have been like responsible for like the the Indians like pitching um, like you know, wealth, uh, of, of development. Um, so that could be a good thing, but, um, I don't know. Of course that also like you again, that then, that, then that brings into question Trevor Bauer and, uh, Mike Clevenger. So I don't y-
0: know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey Jeremy, <laughs> um, you know, that that's the kind of guy Hoyer was though, when he was a young guy and it's the kind of guy Epstein was. So I don't think it's that surprising.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, we, yeah I think there's there's some fine lines there, you know uh when when it comes to like um well you're talking about just like player development. I was thinking more of like bro-y stuff well so I know s-
0: I was actually saying thinking bro-y. okay um, yeah i mean if you if you kind of read about you know between the lines of what uh epstein and and Hoyer and and all of them were like in the early and mid two thousands where they would like rent a them and like you know ten other bros who worked for the Red Sox would yeah. rent a house in Florida for spring training and stuff. Um, that, yeah, that's the kind of culture Jed Hoyer came up in. Now, I definitely feel like uh, Carter Hawkins is like the third generation wave of guys who are like trying to copy what Hoyer and Epstein and those guys originated.
1: Yeah, it's true. Um, Yeah, I know. And there's like all kinds of coaching trees and stuff. And like, I'm not sure what tree he's connected with. Um, let's just hope he didn't hang out with Mickey Calloway that much in, in, in <laughs> Cleveland. Um looks like he was a former catcher at Vanderbilt. Um okay. so I don't know. We'll yeah, see. There you go. I, yeah. Okay. Um Yeah, we'll see more about that, but that's uh that's some breaking news here. Um
0: and hey, Jeremy, I-, I feel like the GM position isn't what it used to be uh, in baseball, at least for some teams. So yeah. the Cubs seem to follow the model of the guy who's the president of baseball operations, is the one who really makes all the decisions, so Hoyer. And mm-hmm. Epstein, Epstein before him, when Epstein was a GM, you barely never heard a- anything about Hoyer. David Stearns is president of baseball operations for the Brewers. I couldn't even tell you who the Brewers GM is right now, because um, all right. you hear about is Stearns. So what the impact that this guy will have in his first couple of years may be minimal anyway.
1: Probably, yeah. That's that's probably true. Um. So so yeah. But back to the uh, bad contracts. Like, let's let's hopefully um one of these guys who if we do this list in in, in five years, hopefully one of these guys wasn't signed by Carter Hawkins. <laughs> Carter
0: Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Jeremy, did did what? Uh, did you have any in mind? Any any proposed bad trades?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think um we have we will probably have some like overlapping guys yeah. in some of these combos, but um. I'll just go with um I mean I got I got kind of an obvious one. I'll leave that one I'll leave that one on the table for now, but I got one kind of digging in. Um I got uh, Chris Sale um okay. for Madison Bumgarner.
0: Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I had Mad Bum too. Mine was a little bit more ridiculous, but okay, yeah. Chris Sale yeah, Chris Sale for for Madison Bumgarner. Um so that's a good both- one
1: they both have three years left on their contract sale is making more annually uh, 29 mil to mad Bum 17. Um, but they're both assholes. So, um, True. that's really what you're, you're dealing with here. It's like, you know, um, which, which asshole would you rather have? I guess then, you know, if they're both assholes then it does come down back, it always comes back to money. But yeah, I mean like, I, really, these are just two guys on similar contracts, really, and, and of similar personality. Um, so I don't know why anyone would want to trade for the other one. But then I also don't know why. You'd want to have them in the first place because you kind of knew who they were when you got them. So,
0: well, I, who knows? Maybe it could be a, a change of scenery for both guys. With Chris Sale, I, th- I think his problem the last couple of years has just been staying on the field. Like the, yeah. the guy just the guy just can't stay healthy. Um, you know, he started twenty five games in twenty nineteen. He he either opted out or he missed last year. I I can't remember which, and he only pitched in nine games in the regular season this year. So, and Bumgarner hasn't had a real easy time staying healthy either no um, he
1: he did show some signs of something this year like he he pitched that like what was it seven inning no the, hitter yeah, the
0: the fabled seven inning no hitter,
1: yeah, um, but if you look at his numbers this year they they ended up being bad anyway, I think because he was yeah. bad going into that game, and so um, yeah, I mean, he seems to be done. Chris ale seems to have some more in the tank left still, but um but both a holes like we like we said
0: yeah i i might as well get uh my uh my mad bum one out here too my like i said jeremy uh the more i thought about this the more i erred on the side of like something a little bit more ridiculous like jason hayward for christian yelich so i said mad bum for francisco lindor if you're the Diamondbacks, do you do it if you're the d-backs or both teams
1: yeah um if you're the d-backs do you do that um I I don't I just don't think the Lindor contract is going to age well. Mm-hmm. Um, it already looks not so great and it's only one year into a 10-year contract. <laughs> so I if you're the D-backs I'd think just no matter what to be completely frank like you would be getting rid of Mad- Madison Bumgarner um but um you know, I think that there's I think that the D-backs could still be holding out hope that that Madison Bumgarner like actually tries to like wrestle a, an actual Diamondback rattlesnake on a field, <laughs> which would get great ratings and, and, you know, get great attendance. So it could be worth it alone for that to just to keep even for that that dangling carrot that that may happen for Bumgarner to keep him on, on the roster for another three years. Uh, and not absorb that money. So I, I would have to say that no, I wouldn't do that if I was the D-backs.
0: Okay, yeah, that that contract would, uh, yeah, th- that would be like a Yellich thing for the Brewers if they had, because Lindor is making $34.1 million annually for the next 10 years. I don't That's understand bad. why the Mets signed him to that contract. He he had a, a, a lukewarm season during the pandemic year. He only had 258 with eight homers and 60 games. Um, I guess you can throw that out the window. Um that that just it seems excessive uh, and he had a terrible year this year 230 batting average with uh, 20 home runs um really bad Jeremy the Brewers need a new hitting coach I was going to say it'd be funny if they hired Chili Davis well they don't need a new hitting coach because <laughs> they haven't fired Andy Haynes yet but I I would I would root for that but I mean Lind- Lindor his first hitting coach was Chili Davis so you know maybe you, Lindor is a millennial so maybe you do have to give him <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of a break there I don't know
1: i I don't think there's any non-millennials left in baseball for Chili Davis to manage. Is there? I feel like anyone
0: is a Yeah, I think Albert Albert Pujols. That's yeah. it.
1: <laughs> Good old Gen Z Albert Pujols with yeah. his uh, Doc Martin boots and flannel shirt. Um, Jack, do, do you know the story about Madison Bumgarner killing that snake?
0: No, I mean I I, I know the story about him like crashing his four wheeler or whatever it was and breaking his arm, but I've, I've never heard the snake one.
1: Yeah, um years ago on a broadcast Vin Scully told a story about uh Madison Bumgarner like um it's the the headline here is this is a story of Madison Bumgarner killing a snake and saving a rabbit's life. Um so he was like on a horse or something and he saw like a rabbit like freaking out and it was like a rat it was getting attacked by a rattlesnake so he like cut it he like jumped off and like chopped it up with like a machete that he had or something. Jesus. Um Jesus that's a story that, that's been out there. I have to say, though, I kind of forgot about that. And now he's a Diamondback. It's like that's kind of fucked up for a, a team with with a snake as a mascot to, to sign Madison Bumgarner. I don't know if anyone ever really cross-checked this because that that could be like, you know, that's just a bad mix.
0: Also, like, you know, that's kind of shitty on Madison Bumgarner's part to do that. Like, that's nature, man. That's the circle right. of life.
1: It's that's true. That's why Madison Bumgarner, I And I I like snakes personally. As I had a couple pet snakes, uh, so I don't really like um, I don't really like Madison Bumgarner cutting up a snake. I think that's bullshit.
0: And yeah, uh, what's the point of saving a rabbit? Ra- ra- it's not like you're saving a dog. I could see if a snake was yeah. like at- attacking a dog. I mean, dogs actually have personalities. A rabbit is just a rabbit. <laughs> like ra- rabbits don't actually it, like people. Some people have pet rabbits, but rabbits don't actually bond with you. No. No. So, yeah, just uh yeah, all around uh all around no thank you. But hey, I you know, Chris Davis for uh for Chris Sa- uh not Chris, yeah. Uh Chris Sale for Madison Bumgarner. Like you're trading a guy who uses machetes for a guy who like uses scissors. So, I, I don't true. know, you know, I don't think either one of them would get through security at an airport.
1: <laughs> uh, only at White Sox games.
0: <laughs> when they would refuse
1: to take it out of their pocket and be like, "What? This, I can't bring in this this machete <laughs> into the game. Fine." <laughs> and he'll he begrudgingly put it back in his ca- his cup. Lot of inside. We're we're doing we're doing all like the the greatest White Sox hits this this yeah. week. Um, just in in memoriam of their season being over.
0: Exactly. It, it pays to listen to to uh, all the episodes, folks. So go back <laughs> and listen if you've missed some. Um, okay, Jeremy. I said I was gonna get a little bit ridiculous, so I'll give you my next one here. So, uh, this is a hot take. So, Mike Trout. For Garrett Cole, if you're the yeah. Angels, do you do it?
1: Uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, um, yeah. I was wondering if, if Trout was going to show up on this list um, because the contract is like it's hefty. Um, it's not. Lo- it didn't look good this year, but you have to assume that he'll he'll rebound. If you're the Angels, would you do that trade? So then you'd have Cole and you'd have Otani um, mm-hmm. in that in that staff. I mean, I don't think that that I don't think one Garrett Cole is going to help um, your team. Um, the, the angels are fucking hapless and they, they need something. Um, but I don't know what, if they can, I would say if you're going to trade trout to the Yankees and I know the money, you know, you're trying to match the money, but like I would need Cole, I would need God, um, DJ LeMayhew. I would need, um, uh, uh, a couple of other guys. I'll take Rizzo, even though Rizzo is like, I do a sign and trade with Rizzo. Like <laughs> I would need a lot more than just Garrett. The, the, the angels I'll say need a lot more than just one, like ace. They need, um they need uh, like a whole rest of their team.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I Hey, I was going to say, Jeremy, they haven't, they haven't won stink with Mike Trout either. Um, they've, they've That's sucked true. with both of those. They have the two best players in baseball and they still suck. Um, Isn't that so, a
1: thing, huh? That's yeah, just absurd.
0: It, it, it really is. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that maybe they they could throw in more players. That might make sense. Yeah, I was definitely trying to match the money on that one. Um, Garrett Cole, he ha- ended up having a really good year this year. I think people speculated how he would be after they put a ban on the sticky stuff. But, um, you know, I, I think if you look at his, his final numbers, they they ended up being pretty good. I have not looked at them in a few weeks. But, um, yeah, Uh so that was that. What you said makes a lot of a lot of sense, Jeremy. You might do that deal, but you might need a few more, a uh, few more players thrown in there. Yeah, three twenty-three ERA in one hundred eighty-one innings, and that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm I'm kind of winging this a little bit, Jack. But um, yeah, I'm just looking, and I know you already said Lindor, but like, I, I Anthony Rendon is just sticking out to me on this list.
0: Yeah, I, I have him on there too, for sure. Do you have?
1: A, why don't you why don't you throw yours out there? And we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll so see. I I
0: was gonna say, and this is another Angels one. Uh, boy, the Angels they they just they get tied down to a lot of bad contracts, don't they? Yeah. Um, you know, but to Josh Hamilton, uh, C.J. Wilson, yeah. just a lot of a lot of really Albert Pujols. How did how did I almost forget that one? Just a lot of really bad decisions. Um, and then they look bad getting rid of Pujols too. But mine was uh, Steven Strasburg for Anthony Rendon, both at thirty-five million per year. Both free agents in 2027. So essentially the uh, Nationals would get Rendon back and they'd be able to get rid of Strasburg, who is another guy who cannot stay on the field.
1: Okay, that's a that's a really good one, Jack, because you know what? I would take that. If uh, 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 what, what team are you asking? Who's um, GM- so, uh, how, about, how about either one? If I was the Angels GM, I would take that trade mm-hmm. because I got to get rid of the Rendon contract. And if I can get a pitcher, I, I have to believe, obviously, that Strasburg is going to come back to, to what he was. Um, I feel like it's been two years now since he's pitched. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I would, I would have to roll that dice because you definitely could use, now if you put Strasburg with Trout and Otani, like then you got something going. Um, of course you don't save any money, um, by trading, by, by making that deal straight up. But, um, I got to get Randone off my goddamn team, man. That's just, it's, it, what a, what an ugly contract that's only two years in to a seven year contract.
0: Yeah. And he has, he has been no good at all. Since he's gone to the Angels. I mean, even if you throw the pandemic year out, which he wasn't particularly good in, um, this year, 50, he only played in 58 games, six home runs, 34 RBIs, and a 240 average. Oh. This is a guy who had three straight years of 40-plus home runs. And the year before that, he had 38 home uh, No, 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 I'm, I'm, damn, I'm looking at doubles. Always hit a lot of doubles. But, yeah, he. I mean, he was hitting 25, 30 home runs pretty consistently for uh, about four or five years there.
1: No, I mean, yeah. Randomly. And for
0: average, too, hitting 300. Yeah,
1: he definitely cashed in on that World Series season. Like, um, he had the right year. He had like everything right happen to him at the right time to get that money. Um, my my proposal was going to be Rendon for Lindor, because um, mm. the years don't match up. The um, the annual uh, value is is pretty much the same. Rendon's average is thirty five. Lindor is thirty four point one. Lindor has a lot of years left, um, so that's an interesting one because the the Angels get, um, the, the, the Mets definitely like, you know, have less years committed to money. So they get out of the Lindor contract, the angels get out of the contract for Rendon and maybe get a player who has a little more upside than Rendon, but they're going to be paying for him for four more years. So that would be a, that would be kind of a tough one, uh, to, to kind of, you know, work through for both GMs, but I could see that one. I can see those are the perks, I guess, for both of those
0: See, I, I could see the Mets selling that trade to their fans by saying, uh, uh, "Well, up. Rendon is back in the <laughs> AL, uh, the NL East, where right. uh, where he was always really good." Um, you know, so there, there's that. Uh, with you know, the, the Angels could sell that. For, well, first of all, if you're an Angels fan, you're definitely glad to just be rid of the Rendon contract. But um, you know, you you've got Trout and Lindor uh two of the most exciting players in baseball. A lot of the shine really went off Lindor this year, but yeah. um maybe Trout too. And I think I think that at this point Otani is now a, a bigger a bigger deal than Trout. But um uh but yeah I, I could I could see that being sold on both sides, but you know, that would be a, a sell for Mets fans. I think you could sell them on that.
1: Yeah. The only thing that complicates all that is then Javier Baez either needs to uh, go along with Lindor to uh, uh, Anaheim and I don't know if they can afford both of them, or somehow Baez has to become like lifelong best friends with Anthony Rendon, which I don't know if that <laughs> could happen that
0: easily. So. Yeah, he'd, he'd he'd sooner give Rendon a thumbs down than a uh, you know,
1: <laughs> and then a hug.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Did they did they resign Baez?
1: They they didn't, but there's rumors that you know he could stay he could stick there because of because of
0: Lindor specifically. Okay. Okay interesting um all right well yeah that's a that that's a good one um uh so yeah i had another one here Ooh, this this is an interesting one okay um bryce harper for john carlos stanton if you're the phillies do you do it now uh stanton is a free agent in uh 2029 so he's got a he's got a few more years left on that that contract says free agent 2029 but that must be a club option Or a player option his contract was from 2015 to 2027 so um you know for all intents and purposes it seems like it's about six more years at 25 million per year for Giancarlo Stanton Bryce Harper is right in front of him making a little over 25 mil per but um he's he's not a free agent until 2032 so he's got about five more years left on that contract than uh Giancarlo currently does so yeah, Jeremy, do you do that trade if you're the Phillies? Bryce Harper just had an MVP season, but um, right. the Phillies haven't won shit with him on the team.
1: No, you know, I mean, the, I think the best, the better way to ask that question is, like, go in the time machine to, like, this time last year and ask mm-hmm. that question.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, right. You, you're, you're right. When both of the guys were coming off injury-riddled shitty seasons.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a really tough call then. I, I'd, I'd have to say just based on Harper's year this year, you, you just kind of you know, plant your flag in the ground and and stick with Harper. Sure. Um, But – Well,
0: let's let's jump back in the time machine to last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's an interesting one because, yeah, you kind of feel – it's like – it's all about – again, it's all about like Stanton staying healthy. I mean, when Stanton is healthy, he's a killer. Um, This – much like you said about Lindor, like Stanton would be going back to the NL East. um, So that would – I'm sure he would like – for some – Ill-advised for some ill-placed reason. I'm sure he'd somehow love to, like, you know, beat up on the Marlins, uh, you know, 15 times a year, which is like why, because all the Marlins did was give him like a shot in the major leagues, but and then um, a
0: massive contract.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure, I'm sure, like, you know, they let him hang out with that weird statue in center field. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so you know, I, I don't know. Um, that would be the the selling point there. I mean. I'll say this, if if Harper was like, I mean, if Stanton was like healthy, um, I kind of would you, I would take Stanton with like, without the attitude of Harper and like, with just like the, just like jaw dropping power that Stanton has, Mm -hmm. I would maybe take that over Harper if, if all things like kind of equal, you know?
0: Yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that, you know, players with bodies like Stanton probably don't age super well. So, yeah. um, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, it's like you said though, Jeremy, that, uh, that, that, that one is definitely kind of a non-starter this year. Um, I, you know, Bryce Harper might win the MVP. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to do it, but, uh, you, you uh,
1: would really just have to be trading him because you just don't want to deal with all his fucking weird bullshit with like his hair and stuff. Like.
0: <laughs> hey, he, here's, here's something I didn't realize, Jeremy, in tw- 2019 and 2020 combined, John Carlos Stanton hit seven home runs.
1: Um, yeah, no, it's Let's bad. He, it, it's like he was out of the league for like two full years, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, something you you reminded me of, Jeremy, we'll reference Johnny Depp again on this okay. podcast. Nice. You said that John Carlos Stanton was a, uh, a killer when he's healthy. Do you remember the movie Nick of Time?
1: <laughs> um, no, I don't think I do.
0: <laughs> nice, yeah. Christopher Walken's in that movie and Johnny Depp. Uh, I'm not going to explain the plot of the movie here but uh Chris at the end of the movie Christopher Walken says to Johnny Depp he goes very good Mr. Watson I told you I would turn you into a killer there we go that's the line good movie <laughs> Nick of Time Charles Dutton is also in it he plays a shoe shine man um yeah nice. Christopher Walken yeah he's got a li- Christopher Walken's got a line at one point he's like shine man give me a shine or something like that and like you know Charles Dutton is a shoe shine. he's trying to help out Johnny Depp it's yeah, check it out, man. Nick of time. It, it's the mid '90s. A little surprise you've never seen it, but uh...
1: I, I do like my um, my Charles S. Dutton. Nice, um, that's for sure. Uh, from Rudy, um, is he in Rudy? He, oh, he sure is. He's um, what's his name? Chance or Luck or something like that. Uh-huh. But he's he's the guy who helps out Rudy, who lets him sleep in the the basement. Okay. Um, God, I'm trying to think of the line uh, that I don't know if I could. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I can Google it really quick, but he's got a good line in
0: Rudy. Nice. Um, I never really liked Rudy. I only saw it once.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it back in the day of early Facebook, when there were like random groups that you could make, mm-hmm. um, uh, there was like, uh, you could just make just, just stupid groups. And like one of the groups, like I joined was like, I'm a grown man and I cry at Rudy like every time. I see okay.
0: Or something okay. Like nice.
1: Um, uh, let me try to do this. Like, let me do a cold read here. Okay. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't never gonna happen. Now go on back. That's his name's Fortune, and that's what he tells Rudy. He's you're five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you barely have a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in there in the best college football with the best college football players in the land for two years, and you're gonna walk walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this life. You don't have to prove nothing to nobody but yourself, and after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't never gonna happen. There you go.
0: That was good, Jeremy. That was <laughs> that was that was damn good. I, and I was not expecting to hear something like that in this podcast. Um, <laughs> Charles Dutton, very underrated actor, as the as the shoe shine man in um fucking uh, Nick of Time. Whenever he's shining someone's shoes, he always goes. Uh, he's like. What do you do, sir? If I may be so bold, um, <laughs> good stuff, man. There we go. I didn't know we didn't know didn't know we were both Charles Dutton fans. Uh, so, no,
1: no, yeah, we've known each other for ten years at this point. I don't think <laughs> Charles Dutton has ever been uttered once. In no, our-
0: well, we all. we have. Yeah, it has not. So that's that. Uh, good one. Good one. We learned uh, we learned something else today. Uh, Jeremy, do you have any more hypothetical trades?
1: Well, I got just one. You know, kind of maybe a little obvious, but maybe necessary to be brought up here, Jack, I got Trevor Bauer for, um, Marcelo Zuna.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't even know if we can touch that one with a 10 foot pole, man. Maybe
1: not. Maybe not. I won't, if, if that's the case, I won't even get into the numbers. Um, I don't even know if the numbers really matter. Um, but,
0: uh, yeah, but that, yeah. yeah just treat like which, which ball players' crimes were more, were more heinous. Well, I guess Trevor Bauer has not technically been, uh, you know, charged with anything yet, or has he, I haven't, I haven't been following that lately. I don't
1: think so. I don't think so.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I
1: think at this point, it's just like a matter of just like ethic. It's like, like ethics, because yeah, I think like, even like, I think the ruling in court was like, that it was, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like the, the fact like that there was a denial of the Restraining order is almost like it was consensual. I don't know. It, maybe we probably just shouldn't even get into this. But
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and Marcelo Zuna though he's actually like probably going to go to jail, right?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. That, I I haven't followed that one either. But um, yeah, he's um, he's definitely got some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna
0: oh, see it right. I wanted to see if he uh he actually played this year. He played forty eight games this year. Um mm-hmm. He he was doing shitty too. Seven home runs, twenty six RBIs and a two thirteen average. Uh, was not doing good. Maybe he had other things on his mind. I don't know. But um yeah, he uh I mean he was a, a solid player for a while. I feel like I was um you know, as a player I was an advocate of his uh, I, I thought he was pretty good. Maybe it was because I saw him hit a monstrous home run one time when I was at a Brewers game. Um, he just absolutely obliterated a ball. It was probably the longest home run I've ever seen in Miller Park. Uh, and he had two homers in that game. But um, uh, yeah, I uh, you know I don't I don't know what to say. I guess he's a, a, a real piece of shit.
1: Yeah, not good, not good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's GM, take your pick on that one. I guess. Um, can you even legally trade? <laughs> trade our Marcelo Zuna. I mean, yeah, or, yeah he...
0: or, or or Trevor, yeah, or Trevor Bauer. Can you, yeah, can you legally trade guys who are like, uh, you know, like locked up or in legal trouble?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happens there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's really, that's kind of all I had really Jack to contribute. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. List. I had one
0: more Jeremy. It's kind okay. of a boring one. Eric Hosmer for Charlie Blackman, both make $18 million per year. Hosmer's a free agent in 2026, Blackman in 2024. Would you do it?
1: Hmm. Um Let's see. I'm trying to think. Let's see. Uh it Seems like the Padres could maybe use <clears throat> Blackman more. Who's the Padres center fielder? Uh, is it Tommy Pham?
0: Uh were they playing Cronenworth in center?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe they were, that's right, because Cronenworth, like, Cronenworth is a second baseman, but they they were playing him, like...
0: Because they picked up Frazier.
1: Yeah, so, who the hell knows what they're doing, um, other than firing their manager, but, um... <clears throat> they didn't hire a manager yet, by the way, did they? I don't think so. No. Um, yeah, I don't know, uh, I don't think I'd won, I don't think I'd won Air Cosmer if I was the, the Rockies, um... <clears throat> And they they actually just re-signed C.J. Crone, I think. So, um, I would just stick, I would just stay pat there. Um, but if I was the Padres, yeah, if I was the Padres, I think I would want, I would want to, because the Padres do want to get rid of Hosmer's contract, and to take Charlie Blackman, where they, I think, I'm sure they could use a center fielder. I, I don't know who the hell was playing the center fielder for them. Like, well, My,
0: them Myers up. was playing right, so maybe they could stick uh, Blackman and right, because I think that's mostly where the Rockies played him, right?
1: Um I guess so yeah I guess was he was he kind of transitioned to the right field at that I point? think
0: he was he played he played right in the game we went to
1: okay yeah um looks like they have fam Grisham and Myers in the outfield basically okay I so. mean
0: that's right Grisham I forgot I think maybe I blocked Trent Grisham out of my mind <laughs> yes I could see,
1: I could understand why um yeah, so um yeah i would i would I would still probably take that trade as a padre uh, GM. Uh, but, uh, I don't think I, I don't think I need Eric Hosmer on my Colorado Rockies.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I will say, do you think they're going to resign CJ Krohn? I
1: think they did already.
0: Oh, did they, did they already? Oh, good. Yeah. Good for, good for CJ Krohn. He deserved it. He had a good year this year.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I I mean, yeah, if I was CJ Krohn, I would have been like, I would have like leaked a story in the, in the paper, like, Oh, uh, <laughs> Rockies, um, or like, you know, whatever, either way, like Rockies are, are definitely leaning towards resigning CJ Cron, or I would say like CJ Crone willing to take a hometown discount to stay in uh, Colorado. <laughs> though that's not his hometown, but, um, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I think like CJ Crone had a really good second half of the year. Um, I'm sure nothing of it had to do with the fact that he was playing in Colorado. I would definitely want to stay right where I was and keep putting up good numbers.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's uh, th- those are all the ones I had. I think uh, yes, yeah, it ended up being a pretty fun topic, Jeremy. From you know, from Carlos Silva to to Charles S. Dutton, we 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 ended up we covered a lot of <laughs> covered a lot of unexpected ground today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely fun times. Um, I'm not sure how much fun the rest of the MLB playoffs are going to be with a bunch of like. Um, you know, stalwarts in there. But uh, we, we're we looking at Astros, Red Sox, and we're looking at uh, Braves versus either the Giants or the Dodgers. Uh, Jack, I don't know who I would root for with the rest of those teams. I honestly don't.
0: No, the, the team that stands out the most to me would be the Giants just because they yeah. such an unlikely story. Me um, too. So I guess I have to hope that they win tomorrow and then just take the whole series. I'd, it'd be cool to see Buster Posey get a third ring
1: um th- yeah does he a fourth he, ring a fourth, fourth ring. I was gonna say yeah. fourth ring yeah A fourth yeah, yeah.
0: ring that would be neat to see all those old guys get one more ring I think that would be pretty cool
1: that's true that's true um yeah and then you got Bryant there too um I mean like I like um Bobby Dahlbeck uh on the um Red Sox uh I'm not really sure who else I like on the Red Sox um but yeah just a bummer like uh, the Astros versus the the Red Sox like you know two cheating franchises like back at it so I don't know man it's 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 a bummer to follow baseball for a whole year and then like just be totally unenthused by any of the playoff teams left it's like the Rays the the White Sox the the Brewers those are the only teams like worth like with any sort of interest interesting rooting
0: uh you know reason behind them you don't want to see Dusty get another get, get his first ring
1: no, I want only if it only if it means that he drinks out of another shoe and gets like toenail <laughs> poisoning or something. Uh, but uh, I don't know. No, I don't really want to see him get a ring. No.
0: All right, very very good. Um, cool. Well, we can wrap this one up, um, but we'll be back next week with another episode. So thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Jack Swakowski, and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later.